Here on the podcast, we have basketball operations associate with the Iowa Wolves, Mario Casamajor. Mario, thank you for your time today. Chris, thanks for having me. You originally started to have plans for a team in the basketball tournament called the Islands. What interested you about forming a team in the basketball tournament this year? Chris, I think one of the big things is uh, the TBT was going to be the only basketball, one of the few basketball played this summer. For me, um, going to the G League grind uh, during this time, you're always kind of looking for things to do to stay busy um, until the season starts while you're available and, and not on a contract. So for me, it was about putting a young team together that was going to compete in a tournament that is good for exposure, good for young guys to experience playing at that high level, intense, every possession matters. So that, that's where a lot of my interest um, originally drew uh, for the GPT. When most teams are formed in the basketball tournament, it's usually, well, not necessarily older players, but um, not young players coming out of college. So what interested you in forming a team out of players that just finished college and that are just about to start their professional career? I think a common one thing we would all agree on is we, we probably wouldn't recommend a rookie to play in TBT uh, fresh out of school. But with the climate we're in and the global situation, there isn't all these agent combines. There isn't all these pro basketball combines on top of the NBA combine. There's no Portsmouth. So it was really hard for seniors to showcase their talent. So when building this team, I took a lot of the approach with my time through USA Basketball and the way Coach Van Gundy and Sean Ford have built a team and building a team with talented, versatile, coachable, and hungry guys. I mean, you're dealing, when building this team, we knew we wanted to go and get eight guys that had the hunger, that had every reason to play hard and prove their worth, whether that meet may be as an international player, overseas player, or here domestically in the G League. Uh, maybe getting a crack at an NBA. So there was a part of me at first that wanted to go in the G League route in your traditional TBT route, but I decided to kind of take a different route, get eight guys that are mentally strong, physically tough, embrace the difference of the professional game, and then I know guys that are just going to go out there and fiercely compete. And I thought, what what a better way to do that and be different than with eight rookies out of school embarking on their professional career. Before jumping more into the basketball tournament, your team's name was the Islands. Where did that name come from, and did you feel like it fit with the players that you had on the team? Yeah, um, I think, you know, building through this process, it is a little bit similar Similar and obviously so, so much different than a FIBA World Cup qualifying window, which I experienced before. And the fact of is that you're getting a group of guys together in four or five days. And so you wanted to, I wanted to have guys with international experience. And I was able to get that with uh, Ivan Gandhi Rosas from University of North Florida, Jen Tosilla um, from Haiti, and Jordan Blount uh, from Ireland. All kind of guys that are island-based. Me, myself, my family is from Cuba. So I wanted guys with a little bit of international experience and knew what it meant to come together for four or five days, lock in and go out and compete. And uh, that's kind of where the name came from, uh, the islands. Unfortunately, your team didn't qualify for the basketball tournament this year. What kind of philosophies and teachings were you looking to establish with the team? And what kind of identity did you want the team to have? I think right now, even though we not make the tournament, I'm still going to try to help these guys any way I can with their next step in their journey. And I think our philosophy and some of the things that we wanted to do and my main message to these guys is no matter where you're at in your career, I want you to think about, you know, fo focusing on the little things. What are you highly successful at? Where, what do you do your job spectacular and how that's going to translate? I mean, you know better than anybody. A lot of these guys are going to bounce all around the world these next few months. So my philosophy and my main message to these guys is 
do whatever you're good at, continue to do. I think a lot, we've been sending a lot of film and I've been showing them NBA and G League and Euro League guys and asking them, tell me that you can't do this. These are simple things that are going to help you get paid. I think our philosophy as a team is very similar to uh, what we had in Iowa uh, this year. And even in Windy City, my first year with Charlie Henry, is we're going to play fast. We're going to try to really uh, execute from the corner three, uh, not take a lot of mid-range shots, have a kind of attack the paint, get the most paint touch philosophies, and score at the rim. A lot of high pick and roll, and then a lot of delay action with bigs. I think one thing you're seeing, and teams in the G League have been tremendous with, is they're five or four handling the ball and playing out of that delay action. So the pace and style we were kind of hoping for, but also kind of hope I can continue guys to push and open up their eyes through film during this time. As you mentioned, you were with the Windy City Bulls for one season, and you've been with the Iowa Wolves for the past two seasons. How much did you focus on development with the players, knowing that you have that background in development with uh, being in the G League for the past three seasons? I think the big thing with, with guys during the G League is developing the mental part of the game. The G League is, is very tough for a lot of guys because they're coming, a lot of them, from high major situations or even mid-major situations where the travel and maybe the lifestyle might be a little bit better. I mean, Chris, you look at some of these mid-major schools, majority of them are on PJs uh, everywhere traveling where us, we're trying to figure if we can get that exit row seat with the, with the window. So I think a lot of it is mental when it comes to developing and letting guys know that this isn't easy and wherever you go next isn't going to be easy, but how are you going to kind of over overcome that? So I think all three seasons, I've been very fortunate in the G League that we, our focus has been mental as well as obviously on the court developing players from the on-court standpoint I think the thing is about just and we preached a lot about this last year with coach Scott Roth is just getting one percent better you know especially during this time guys focus on so much of getting better but then once the season starts seems like guys stop focusing on their skill development now you think about it like any other job you just don't stop doing for six months and hope to get better at it so i think a lot of skill development which we did a ton this year with coach sam new and back instead of going over some plays and doing stuff and maybe guys not being fully mentally there because of the drag a g league season brings on you we're just going to do skill development and just try to get better today for the basketball tournament this year with your team you were the general manager and coach of the team is there anything that you learned for those two positions that you feel will be beneficial in your career yeah i think just you know dealing with rookies and then especially dealing with rookies during this time you know we're not i'm not able to go and get guys in the gym or work guys out or some you know majority of these guys i've never personally met so i think Building a relationship during this time, whether it's through Zoom interviews, phone calls, through social media, like, you know, whatever, whatever it may be, finding the right guy. So I think the importance of building relationships with players and agents is something I've definitely learned during this time. And then I think something that's just kind of been reiterated throughout my whole career is, you know, some, sometimes things are not going to roll your way. Unfortunately, we weren't selected for the TPT. We appreciate everything that, that they've done for us. But now for us, um, it's what's next and how do we continue to move forward in our career. So I think it's kind of just keeping that message. And then from my point being, the leader still kind of trying to help these guys as we navigate through our, all of our next steps in our career. As someone who coached before prior to joining the G League, is a head coaching position something that you aspire to be later on in your career? Yeah, I, 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 I think so, Chris. That's definitely uh, something that I, I definitely aspire to do. I've been so fortunate to work under Charlie Henry, Scott Roth, and Sam Newman Beck. I mean, three great coaches the last three years. But for me, and one thing that I've always prided myself on is just kind of focusing on the next step. Coach Van Gundy always taught me that, you know, he was a GA 
at Providence, and 10 years later, he's the head coach of the Knicks. You can't plan those things. You got to just continue to work hard and focus on what's ahead. So for me, yes, I would, I, I would, I definitely aspire to be a G League head coach. But right now, just kind of focusing on the next step and how can I make myself and others better. You've mentioned Jeff Van Gundy a couple times so far, and you were on that staff for the September 2018 USA Men's World Cup qualifying team. What did you learn from? Jeff Van Gundy, how would you say it would have helped you as not only a coach in TBT, but also later on in your potential head coaching career? With regards to TBT and what I've learned from Coach Van Gundy is definitely trying to organize a group in a short amount of time to go play against opponents that have continuity and have chemistry together. What we were essentially doing is we were trying to bring guys together like we did with the USA World Cup qualifying team where they have no experience playing together, but then you're going up against countries that have been playing together their whole lives. So I think dealing with that and also identifying talent and identifying the right guys, maybe not the most talented guys, but finding the right guys that are hungry. And like I mentioned, that are mentally strong, physically tough, and kind of have the competitor nonstop compete mindset. I think one of the big things Probably the most important thing I learned from Coach Van Gundy is what he preaches to the players also applies to us as coaches. We have to be versatile. We have to be coachable and we have to be hungry and continue to push ourselves and continue to learn as coaches. And how can we help our players move forward? Because we're, no matter if you're a player or coach, we're going to be in so many different positions in our career as we move forward. So you have to be able to adapt and you have to be able to learn and also in the same time, lead, lead your troops. So for me, it was very fortunate. I definitely wouldn't be where I'm at today without that opportunity. The way that the basketball tournament was set up this year, there were only 24 teams that made the tournament compared to 64 last season. Do you you plan to bring back the team next year and compete for a spot? I think my message to my guys and my staff, Chris, is that I would love to do this again next year. But in the meantime, let's hope we're all in, a, in, in somewhat of a better situation where it doesn't allow us to next year. How can we use this as fuel to the fire and continue to push ourselves? Because in the reality, we don't know what the next two months look like let alone the next 10 or 10 or 12. So for my guys, we would love to come back. Um, I think it's something definitely we brainstorm. And do we bring this group back? Do we bring eight new rookies? But at the same time, it's control which will we control and try to help these guys move forward as they, you know, take their first professional basketball job. So I think it's something that, and I've talked to the guys at TBT with a decision that we'll kind of start making around sometime next March on uh, our approach if we're going to come back next year. You mentioned earlier also that there aren't many showcases around for young players, like the players that are on your team, to showcase what they can do. How do you think playing in the basketball tournament could have given them that platform to showcase what they can do and help advance their careers by playing on such a large platform? Well, I think if you, especially our roster, but just in majority of the time when you're evaluating a college player, it's very hard because the game the college and the professional game is so much different. There's so many more dribble handoffs. There's so many more ball screens, so many more threes. And obviously the shot clock at the professional level, it, it, it's those six seconds make a lifetime of, of a difference. So I think playing in that atmosphere, playing against guys that, you know, at the professional level, and you know, as Chris um, covering the G League, guys don't care what your past is. It's about what you're going to do tonight when the ball's thrown up in the air. So kind of getting those guys that mindset. Um, and then also you think about it, we had guys like Garrett Sams and Josh Williams and all guys that majority had the ball in their hand. They're not going to have the ball in their hand that much at the next level. So getting kind of used to that, playing without the ball, 
Um, all those stuffs could have definitely helped eight rookies, especially our guys, uh, greatly by playing in the TVT against guys that I, I think the best part about it is you see guys that are not in the NBA but that have made tremendous careers overseas and a good significant amount of money by doing the little things. You might not know, especially for these young players, they might not know who they are, but it's kind of someone that they can look up to. Hey, if I don't make the NBA or things don't work out here in the G League, there's still opportunities for me to succeed elsewhere in the world. I know you've mentioned talking about the players that you had on your team. Despite the short time together that you may have had, what impressed you about the players and their willingness to consistently improve? I think the big thing is, that's impressed me and it, it's made my job a little bit harder, but I'm, I'm happy for it is these guys have been on me about film. These guys have been on me about, Hey, we can't get in the gym, but what film can you send me today? So about two, three times a week, I'll send these guys a group of film from the guard to the wings. And then Emmanuel big kind of some different stuff. But I think what's impressed me the most, Chris, about these guys is obviously their ability to learn, but their ability to also kind of, they're all very realistic. They all know where they're at in their careers. They all know that these guys, they're going to go undrafted, but that doesn't mean that's the end of their career. How can they adjust? How can they prove themselves? So I think their willingness to continue to get better and learn is, is what's impressed me with all eight of these players. You also mentioned that the players that you brought into the team were going to be really good players at the next level. How confident are you in these players will have long careers and how do you feel that each player's skills will translate to the next level? I think, you know, when you when you look at someone like Garrett Sam, it reminds me a lot of Duncan Robinson. He, the kid's an absolute sniper. He's six seven. Um he has a great head on his shoulders, but he knows how to move without the ball. I mean knows how to get to the right spots, runs to the corners. He's a kid that I've told this several times to I don't know if his game if he would have a shot eight, ten years ago, but the way the game is going now and the way where shooting's valued and not so much athleticism and size is. Garrett Sands has a great shot. Um, I think will be tremendous fit in G League or, or really overseas. He, he's a high IQ player. Uh, kind of going to his teammate, Ivan uh, Gandhi Rosas. He's a lefty from Puerto Rico. I kind of think he's the next guy up there. He has a lot of uh, kind of his counterpart in Puerto Rico, Angel Rodriguez, to his game. Plays very low with the ball. He's very good at getting to the elbows. Loves the mid-range shot, which I think it would translate more to the three as he comes off more dribble handoffs, but really good at getting to the elbows, really good at getting to the rim. And I think his game will translate very well in Europe just because of his ability to pass and then move without the ball. I can really say the same for Dylan Fry out of Bowling Green. Dylan Fry has, reminds me a lot, a lot of Andrew Rousey and the swagger that he plays with. Dylan's going to have to improve kind of his back cuts and moving without the ball because he's not quite up to it like Rousey is. But his ability to shoot it from outside and kind of just constantly stay low. I, I went to Miami last week to watch Dylan work out with Tim Hardaway Jr. And Tim Tim's beating him every at every spot, but just just by one or two shots. And you know Dylan's there shooting with them and, and getting better and pushing through. Dylan's a kid where his his game will fit more the professional level than he did college. Next guy, Josh Williams, um, out of Robert Morris in Pennsylvania, had the NCAA record for 15 for threes in the game, 49 points, the transfer from Akron. The kid reminds me a lot of Marcus Thornton, who was in the G League with Dan Rutledge Drives about two seasons ago. He just plays extremely low with the ball. His hands are always ready, and when he gets it, I mean, it, it's off. It's off. I mean, it's, it's a bucket every time. The kid can really shoot it. I think he is going to have a tremendous career. I think one thing that he needs to work on moving forward is 
at 6'2", he's going to ask to be handled the ball a little bit more. And him playing in the pick and roll is going to you know, be a big part of that. So working on his three off the dribble. The next guy, uh, Jim Talsilla, is a guy that I absolutely love. He's your typical mid-major kid that transfers to a high-major school. You know, everybody's all over him, loves him. He ends up uh, going to Arkansas, where he only averages one point. Uh, so he's got a chip on his shoulder. I saw him last, year, uh, last weekend in Miami as well. And he's a guy like Jordan Blount, the next guy from USC and Ireland. Is that versatile three or four, very Andre Iguodala-ish, where they can set and create actions as the four, or they can kind of play a three on the wing. Both are going to have to improve their jump shots, but the one thing about Chantal and Jordan is that they have an extremely high motor for their size and the ability to kind of crash the glass. Both have international experience, and I think that would translate into their professional game. And then our last guy, Emmanuel Ojapoki from Utah Valley, was previously at Arkansas. He is a guy that I think is going to have tremendous success, especially if he plays in the G League next year, because the kid loves to set ball screens and loves to put pressure on the rim. He's not a big that tries to kind of stay out of his lane. He had... 68% from the field last year. He's just extremely efficient, and if you throw anything and everything around the rim, the kid's going to dunk it. So I think he's a man who is a kid that's going to have a, tr- a tremendous upside with those guys. And whether these guys go to Europe or whether they're in the G League or able to crack with an Exhibit 10, all guys have the all eight guys have the right mindset, and they're going to come and compete. Mario Casamajor with the Iowa Wolves here on the podcast. With the way that the G League season is set up, you see there's very little time to prepare from training camp to the start of the season how much do you think that would have helped you in preparing for the basketball tournament knowing that there's like a little similarity with them i think it would have helped a lot i mean there's always a lot of chaos going on during two league training camp and the fact of do you have your two-way players come be with your team during that time or do you not and i think that would have kind of there's a ton of uncertainty going into the tbt the tbt we were going to have a bubble city type atmosphere where you were going to go in there have to get tested for COVID 19 and then kind of adjust from there if you're going to be able to play so that's obviously a little bit different than the g league maybe that's something that we'll have to kind of face this year but i think getting a group together in a small amount of time I mean, you look at this year, we're playing 50 games and we got a week and a half to get it together. I think one common thing that I talk to Julie coaches a lot about uh, during the, that time of the year is, do you have two-a-days? Do you have two-a-days? Do you push your guys? How do you approach training camp? As you know, Chris, Julie rosters from organization are built so differently. How important are tryout players? How important are your exhibit 10s, guys you, you drafted? So there's, I think the Julie training camp is a lot more complicated because you got to like everyone says, you know, when you have a G League team, you have four different teams throughout the season. You got a training camp team, a quarter team, and after All-Star break, and then end of the season, you know, you have so many different teams. So just trying to focus on what you have right there, the best you can in the G League is always important. So I think it would have helped because it's chaotic. That's what the G League usually is. It's chaotic and a lot of things going on at once. So I think that knowledge from previous training camps would have helped me with TBT. Is there anything that you picked up during your three years in the G League that you feel like would have helped you have success in the basketball tournament? Yeah, definitely. I think all three years, just having staffs and coaches that are that relate to the players, that if, if your players know that you believe in them and have confidence in them, you're going to get the best out of them. So I think that's always been a bit fortunate. That's kind of always been the common thing theme wherever I've been is how can we connect with the players and how can we push them to get, get the best out of them. And that was very fortunate with, like I said, with Charlie Henry, Scott Roth, and Sam Newman Beck. I think specifically from each of those guys, I just kind of tied my head with Coach Roth. Coach Roth always preached that the G League should just be called the Me League. 
The guys always come there thinking it's about themselves, about themselves. But if you really look at the track record, guys that succeed and get call-ups or make significant money overseas are guys that are good team players. Organizations want to see that you're a good team player. So you always say, you know, we can only go as far as the guy next to you. So kind of coming together. I think one thing that I've learned tremendously uh, from uh, Charlie and Sam both being young coaches is bringing that bringing that energy and fiery competition every day is important to your guys and letting them know, especially rookies, that there may be no one in this crowd tonight at this stadium, but there's people watching you and they're evaluating you. So how do you bring it and how do you get guys ready to have that attention to detail? Because it's hard, you know, you're, you're traveling from one spot in California on a bus to Stockton you got a game that night. How do you get your guys locked in and get the best out of them? So I think just a variety of having three different head coaches and also the time of making the player feel comfortable so they can succeed at their highest level. You would have had many different roles uh, with the Islands in the basketball tournament as a general manager and coach. After assembling the team and doing different roles on the team, what do you think the opportunity could have done for your career by showing that you could handle many roles on a team? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's something that I'm, I, I'm not going to beat myself too, too much about. I think one thing that I've always prided myself on during my career, Chris, is being a guy that's versatile. I think that's kind of my niche if you ask anyone about me. Um, and the G League is kind of just getting things done, whatever hat I have to wear. So I, I think that's for me. I, I kind of just continue to show that strength that whatever is asked out of me, you're going to get 110% out of me. You're going to get my focus, attention, dedication, everything. So I try, I try not to think about that much and kind of just stay focused on the things that we did. We were able to put a team together um, of eight guys, and I had a great staff. I had a great staff build of young guys and creative directors and guys that were hungry to build something. So for me, I, I, I look at it as a positive and something that I can kind of build on and continue to show, hey, whatever role you ask for me, I can do. Kind of the way I was raised, Chris, is you got to be a soldier. Whatever's asked for you, whatever's asked to be done by your leaders, just go out, go ahead and go out and do it. So I hope with this opportunity I showed, whatever responsibilities come my way, I can get it done. Mario, thank you for your time today. It was a pleasure having you on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Chris. I really appreciate it.